0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Keep Looking Up podcast. I am really nervous and excited about this conversation. I actually co- recorded this this specific conversation last year in November, and it has been sitting in my computer banked because a lot, a lot has changed over the last year since November, and um, something that hasn't changed is my inconsistent boldness so I was feeling extremely bold when I reached out to have this conversation and then after having it as life continued to move on over the next few months I was feeling less and less bold so here we are again almost a year later and I am gathering back up my courage to share this with you guys no takesies backsies (laughs) okay So, I am nervous and excited and now I'm going to introduce you to the amazing, amazing man that I had the privilege of having this conversation with, without whom I would not have the boldness in this moment to continue on. So, today we are going to be talking with John Hornsby who is happily married to his wife, Kim, for 36 years and going strong. He has two grown kids and four grandkids. John refuses to be put into any religious, denominational, or political box, but likes to say he is a follower of the long-haired, sandal-footed wanderer from Nazareth who loves everyone unconditionally. Nothing more and nothing less. A spiritual sojourner himself, he is called to help others find their way knowing the God they think they believe in. (laughs) I know. Amazing. Okay, so without further ado, here's a conversation with John Hornsby. Love you guys. Keep looking up. John.
1: Hey, Mackenzie. What's up? I'm wonderful. How
0: about yourself? Super good. Thank you so much for being here with me.
1: It's a privilege.
0: Thanks. So it's kind of cool how we got started on this journey and for you to even be here with me. For everyone who's listening, Mr. John Hornsby is the father of one of my childhood best friends, Hannah Hornsby. So in the eighth grade, um, I met Hannah at school and. I reconnected with her on Instagram because she was watching some of my videos and some of my content. And she was like, hey, you and my dad would get along. You should shoot him a message. And so I did. And then we got on a Zoom call and then here we are. It's been like this amazing, like almost like what I feel like this podcast is like all about. It's just like this amazing, like the things that you can't do yourself or take credit for at all and how like relationships are formed or like how things are put in your path that's what this has been you know for me so um, thank you for being here
1: sure. Uh, uh, to, again, sure it's a privilege and to be a part of a divine collision like this and who would have thought that you know in, in, in your eighth grade year and I was much younger at the time as well you know we we would come to a point like this but I guess God was up to something even back then
0: that's right yeah and it's cool how like when I got that message from Hannah, like she felt what she felt like watching my videos and having that moment is exactly what I felt. I read it and I was like, oh she's right. Like I didn't even hadn't even watched your videos yet, but something inside of me was like absolutely. And so it's just really cool. It's just so cool. Super
1: cool. Super cool. So
0: yeah. So I'm gonna kind of start off by talking about like I guess it's the developing and the unfolding of how like the relationship was formed and like this friendship and and for me it is friendship um which like even now sounds weird because I didn't even want to call you anything but Mr Hornsby when we first talked I was like (laughs) writing you an email like did I call you John um but now that feels super normal like the unfolding of it was like we emailed and then we got on zoom and everything in me it was like we were talking about faith and the transformation of our faith over the last you know, 10 years, um, what that's looked like individually and like sharing those stories. And in that initial conversation, there was like this fire that kind of lit up in me that was like, tell him all of your secrets. Like something in me was like, tell him everything, tell him all of the things that you're scared to tell people. And initially I did it, right. We got off that call. We had a beautiful, amazing conversation and it was great. And I sat with that feeling because it almost felt like, like what you would typically define like conviction. As. Mm. Like it felt like this conviction of like, just open up and share him all of your deepest darkest secrets. And so I like sat with that and it was like burning in me until we ended up connecting again and having another conversation. And that night I was like, in a re- like, as you remember, I was in a really bad space. I was like, I don't even want to talk. I don't want to get on zoom. I just want to go to sleep. I don't want to have this conversation, but we did it anyway. Cause I told you, I was like, Hey, just so you know, I'm not in a good spot. I'm not feeling very good. And you were like, great. Come as you are. Right. Like, let's do it. And so we got on zoom and I did, I opened up and I shared with you um, what I am now going to be sharing for the first time ever publicly. And it's super emotional. And I have a lot of like, there's just to be completely transparent, there's like fear, but there's like also an an empowerment element to it. And there's um, like the same fiery conviction inside of me having this conversation um, with you open and publicly than there was me sharing it with you privately. So, um, yeah, I I guess basically I'll start off by saying I grew up with you and with Hannah um, in the Christian faith. Um, Mm -hmm. My upbringing was like a very dogmatic view of what that was and um, how that was, how Christianity was expressed. And um, I lived and walked that life for a long time and then ended up sharing with you that over the last four years, there's been a deconstruction process of that for me. And along with that deconstruction process has come some self-discovery of things that I have suppressed, things that I've withheld and, um, and have kind of revealed themselves to me along the way. Right. Mm. And the big element for me has been around, um, homosexuality and relationships and what that looks like. So I, would, um, I guess, currently, it's hard to say, because I, I guess I would currently define myself as a bisexual person. But I, I can, if I'm being even more honest, I feel like it's a fluid thing for me. There's more like a fluidity and like, and a, it's more difficult for me to define myself than ever before. It's almost like a resistance to defining that. I think inside of myself, um, I have like this internal battle and resistance to accepting that it can be okay and that's why like I shared that with you because I was like man he feels safe I trust him I you know I know your whole family but in that moment I was like you've got to tell him because you just have to and then I shared it with you and you received me in that conversation um, the way that Jesus received me in that conversation when I had it personally with him and It's hard for me, right, to trust the voice of God in my life because um, I feel like I've made a lot of mistakes in my faith and my walk and my religion that I'm like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm on, you know, a bad path and I'm just being deceived? But what was very interesting is how much your voice sounded like the voice of Jesus to me when Mm -hmm. I spoke about it in private and that has not just been true in that one conversation it's been true in all of our conversations which is why I really appreciate you um but yeah so for that long intro that was like thick in my heart and my throat and my mouth trying to get it out um thank you uh that's what we're going to be talking about today for myself and for you and for the community at large who still want to say like I, I believe in Jesus, or I am a Christian, or even people who don't feel that way, but are struggling internally with um, expectation or outside judgment, whatever it may be about this issue, you know, this, this issue, I mean, of, of homosexuality, or like, whatever that looks like just relationships in general. And yeah, I want to dive in to Mm. the heart of that with you today.
1: Let's do it. I mean, what a privilege, and 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 what a what a oh, just an exhibition of courage and and beauty, you know, to watch you, Mackenzie, uh, and listen to you uh, express your inner soul the way you just did. And so, mm-hmm. I, I can just say personally, thank you. And I think I'm speaking for many, many people that are going to be listening to this as well. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being
1: here. <laughs> well, this is going to be great. Uh, where would you like to start?
0: Yeah. So when I talked to you about it initially. I don't know what I was expecting, but I, of course there's always the fear of, um, I was like, I'm going to tell him this. And then he's going to be like, cool. So we're going to save you from yourself and make sure (laughs) that like, I'm going to lovingly pluck you from the hand of the enemy. And I was literally like, you know, there's a part of you that feels that way, but there was a a voice inside of me that was like, but maybe it's going to be different right? (laughs) And so you shared with me like some beautiful experiences and you actually were like opened up to me about um, like your process because you have gone on a process yourself of like thinking about these things, right? And it's extremely relevant. Lots of people are dealing with it in ways that maybe now more openly than ever, right? Mm -hmm. People are really talking about this. So I really just want to start by like asking you, what was your process I guess, what got you started thinking about it individually on your own?
1: A great question. What a great question. And thank you for the way, the way you presented and asked. It. it made it easy for me to, to respond. You know, I, I grew up the, the same, similar way. You know, I grew up in a, in a, in a more of a fundamental evangelical type of, a, nothing wrong with that, but just a fundamental yeah. evangelical kind of, you know, right, wrong, black, white, do don't you know either or kind of uh, of, a, of a theology? And in fact, I went to seminary for a number of years to kind of learn how to tell other people how to do that, you know. And uh, and what I found in um, at a different seminary uh, where I graduated from, I found a, a, myself in a, in a class called um, Inclusivity Exclusivity: The Divisions in Gender, Race, and Socioeconomics. I mean, the, the the title was longer than the course, but but it was a beautiful class, and and we learned from this gentleman named Dr. Eric Law, who became a, a personal friend and uh, does some really good research on multicultural uh, environments. And it's about how to get people to talk to each other, how to get people to listen to each other. And he, he defines this thing, and this is, I'm gonna, I'm answering your question. He defines this thing called a grace margin. And so as I was learning about, you know, that each, each of us have our own little safe place, our little safe haven of comfort and theology and mindset and whatever. But there's this thing in between us called the grace margin. And if we can step into that and just listen, and don't, don't, It's not talk time or debate time. It's listen time. And then when we return to our safe zone, then, then, then we'll probably have a bigger safe zone than we had. I go, that, that's like a really cool concept. So I practiced that with a, um, actually with a cousin of mine, who's been in a same sex uh, marriage for gosh, 40 years, I think one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So, and they lived in Austin at the time. And I said, you know, hey, I'd like to, while I'm here in town, I'd like to come come stay with y'all uh, for the weekend while, while I'm in class. Great, love to have you. So at dinner one night, and I won't tell a long story, but at dinner one night, I asked them, would you please share your story? How did you get to know each other? Tell me your story. And and they told me the most beautiful story I'd ever I'd ever heard about a relationship and how it began and how it started. And the way they looked at each other and the way they talked with each other and the way that they interacted, I've married hundreds of heterosexual couples and I've yet to see that kind of love intimacy and unconditionality of, of a relationship uh, that, I, that I saw and still do see in those two and it really caused me to go you know I didn't really have any hard and fast you know laws about uh, things in, in my theology I've always been pretty open-minded anyway but I really got to see a beauty in that and it caused me to really begin to to not question, but really begin to kind of expand. Okay, what is this really about? What is God's love really about? Not what do the rules say and what is chapter and verse and all that stuff, but it was more about what is what is God's love really all about between two people? And it and it got much bigger that, than it used to be. That's kind of where it started. So I hope I answered a little bit of your question.
0: Yeah, you did. Was there any kind of, I know you said that you didn't have any hard, fast, necessarily beliefs, you know, you're a little bit more open-minded, but was there any kind of struggle or resistance that you had that you had to, that took you on like a longer, more in-depth study on this? Or was it more of like, you had this experience and that was it for you? You were like, okay, like, I, I think that's beautiful.
1: It was pretty quick for me, uh, Mackenzie. It was um, uh, for me. I can only speak for myself, but I mean, I right. I didn't have a real hard thing that I had to let go of, you know, that had to die a, a mindset that had to die off so I could take on a new one. I kind of was yeah. like, you know, um, maybe I maybe I'm uh, more of a heterosexual attraction in in a in an intimate relationship. I got tons of friends and tons of relationships with all different you know types of individuals, but. My my point is, I guess for me personally, uh I had my own thoughts and feelings about what what about me, but that doesn't apply to everybody else, you know. And so I began to say, hey, let me, I want to, I want to hear the story. And also what I noticed in that that dinner that night, McKinsey, that I didn't really expect, and it I did not have a hidden agenda. I wanted to hear their story and I wanted to learn. But what I also saw was apparently it was one of the greatest gifts I've ever given them. Anybody had ever given them to say, tell me how you met. Cause most of the time they're defending themselves or ignoring themselves, uh, their relationship in public for fear of, of, of whatever. And, uh, and so what I found was, you know, somebody said, he really, he really wants to hear our story and we want to share it, you know? And, uh, I thought, wow, what a beautiful gift. I don't even know. I didn't even plan on giving that to him, but apparently it, it was. And so, uh, so it was pretty fast for me, you know, uh, because I didn't have a, uh, some long, hard, rocky road to to traverse, you know, to, to get to this new mindset. It was, you know, and I found out too, you know, my, my dad, you know, God rest his soul and my mom, God rest her soul, you know, dad, you know, old World War II veteran, you know, pretty yeah. Small box minded guy, really smart, but pretty small box. You're either in the box or you're out of the box, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, but my mother apparently, you know, she was a little Southern Baptist preacher's kid, you know, and, and kind of a June cleaver in the flesh, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and that was my mother. And, um, but apparently, she was extremely open-minded. Really yeah. fought for the rights of, of, of lots of diverse uh, peoples uh, in the world. I, I didn't know any of that growing up. But apparently, yeah. after she's been um, been uh, gone and, and passed from us a long time ago, I hear from other relatives some of the some of the ways that she would address things and people that she would kind of. Dressed down a little bit with closed mindedness and things like, oh, well, maybe I got a little bit of DNA in me after all. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to hear you talk about it because it's that's how you received me. It was so easy for you. Like, you received Mm -hmm. my story and my experience and what I'm processing and going through in life right now way Mm -hmm. easier than I do for myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I struggle way more, um, or it's a harder pill for me to swallow than it felt telling you. You were like, cool, man great good for you like it was so easy and I was sitting there like that's it like just good for you like that's it like there's nothing else and I think like what I what I want to talk to you about is because is about like specifically related to what is preached in the Christian churches I mean for me like evangelicalism on this topic that is it's been ingrained in me right that it is it is wrong that it is a sin. And that if there's any sort of grace around the subject, it's grace because we are all sinners. So like if, it's, if, if there's any Christians that I've ever spoken to who are loving and kind, right? To the LGBT community, it's from a place of we love you in spite of your sin, right? not this is this doesn't this doesn't look like sin to us or we don't we don't think this is sin right and I think that's where the big it's the biggest thing for me is that I'm like I want to have that conversation um about sin and the sin aspect of our sexuality and what you believe about that or how like I guess that's why I was like did you wrestle with it at all because I do and I did you know so do you consider
1: it sin and if you don't why not so oh wow this is this wow you're really good at this um I want to talk about sin in general just just for a second if, if that's okay and, Please. and, I'll, and I'll,
0: yeah,
1: yeah I, I tell you you know Mackenzie I mean you know I, I've heard pastors in churches say before you know if you li- if you leave church feeling worse about yourself than when you got there you're probably in the wrong church you know but I mean my <laughs> gosh you know I mean there's I remember leaving sermons in the past and just walking out going, I've already heard that sermon. I heard it last week. I heard it the week before. I'm a terrible person. Uh, I'll never do anything right. I don't deserve anything I have. I'll never deserve heaven. You know, God is, you know, God loves Jesus and because of him, I, okay, okay, fine. You know, <laughs> I, I get it. Is there anything else? You know, is there, is is that all there is in in this whole big leather bound book we have? Is just what a terrible person I am because I mean, there's about you know five thousand pages, uh, thin rice paper pages to tell me how bad I am. Uh, so I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off, but my my point no, is this:
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: I I came to, and there's no way that I came to it except from the Holy Spirit of God itself. Is that sin? Oh, I, I I took the Greek class. Took two years of it. You know, I know it's you know missing the mark. I know that you've missed the mark. You know, well, well, you know what I've <laughs> I've discovered. Sin is really God saying, "Hey, you're missing out." Okay, and missing out means you're missing out on some of the abundance that I have for you. Okay, and that's why that's why God doesn't like sin. You know, is because it's bad for us, and He loves us. You know, so so what is sin? God doesn't even. <laughs> I know the scriptures too. God, God separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. I, I know all that. He doesn't even remember your sin. I know all that. I've, I've preached it a thousand times. But what I've come to learn is God, God doesn't even pay attention to any, any of our, our dysfunctional life. He looks at the suffering soul inside that's trying to be loved and that's trying to take care of itself. And that's what it looks at. And so I'm sorry I was drinking all those years. I'm sorry I did drugs. I'm sorry I've, I've cheated on my wife. I have not, but I'm sorry that I've done this. I'm sorry, you know, well, oh God says, okay, okay, look, can we get off the sorriness? Let me just look at your suffering soul that you're trying to, to feed and let me, let me love it, you know, and then maybe some of the stuff will settle down. So that's how I think God, I've learned that God um, thinks about sin and considers our sin now the whole you know love the sinner but hate the sin you know yeah i've I've heard that about a bazillion times and probably said it a time or two in the past as well uh ignorantly but what so, i'm yeah. getting at is you know what i'm getting at mckenzie yeah. is that i've learned that god god is love there's a there's a short scripture for you oh you know one word longer than jesus wept in case you need to memorize two verses yet yeah, jesus wept <laughs> and god is love okay and where there's love, genuine, authentic, and real between individuals, between, um, you know, any, any, any two beings, um, God God's in the mix somewhere, you know, and I can, I can tell you this, there, this, this, this ought to get you some emails, you know, there's a bazillion <laughs> heterosexual, chauvinistic, idiotic um, relationships out there that are way off track compared to any of the other same-sex ones that I've seen. Okay. And I think there's sexual perversion in all sexuality. And I think it's all the way again for the suffering soul to try to soothe itself and feed itself. And God, God says, man, I'm, I'm bummed out about all of that because uh, it's not good for you. And, and it's going to hurt you, but pure, authentic, beautiful love between two individuals. I think that's what God's all about.
0: Yeah. it's cool, um, And it's kind of a side note, but I have to point it out because you said Jesus wept and God is love and those two verses are kind of exactly what this podcast in general is all about and like Mm. what we were talking about earlier it's like the humanity of Jesus and what is what does it mean to be divine and it's just like this is like the tears that Jesus wept right and like who he was just as a human and then what like what what is love right like what like how do you I mean there's lots of ways to define it but that is like it's God is just pure love and there's no fear in love um love is kind and is patient right keeps no record of wrongs like this is what this is who God is and so when you said that I was like dang that's like that's the exploration of this podcast is is that our humanity and our divinity and like those are the expressions of that for me. Um, oh, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. So one thing that's been coming up in my mind since we like started talking today, I didn't expect to want to ask you this question or talk about this, but we're diving in because it's like nagging at me, um, <laughs> is the physiological aspect of like humans created by God and procreation. Because in my experience when Christians have run out of biblical excuses for why being gay is wrong, because you'll use, because now, now people are getting good, right? There are other Christians who are like challenging scripture, like, well, this doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. So it might not mean that it's wrong to be gay. And now Christians are, the Christians who are like, no, it's a sin are like, what the heck? How do we, what do we do? Right? Like they make a good point. And so it kind of has come down in personal conversations because before i even like let myself realize this fully like individually in my personal experience i started to think about it more i started to have more friends who were gay right and i was like man like i love them and i i see them in good relationships like it started to challenge my own beliefs you know about I just thought that i was like this that i was i was a, i had something wrong with me that I was trying to fix. Right. But then I was watching other people just like you had that experience with your cousin. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, you're challenging me here to by my own beliefs about myself, you know? Um, So then I would have these conversations with Christians and what it would boil down to is they're like, well, God made man and God made woman to, you know, procreate. Right. So I'm just going to hit my equipment all over the place. (laughs) And, um, if it was supposed to be like, if intelligent design, if it was really supposed to be man and man or woman and woman, then God would have created our bodies to be able to populate the earth or have children. And it trips me up. I'm like, man, you're right. You got me there with science. Like, I don't know, right? Like if we are created in these ways that we are supposed like man and women are supposed to be together, is that the answer to why it is not God's design? And what are your beliefs around that? Do you have That's any, funny. have you
1: ever thought about it? I mean, I don't know. That's funny. You know, so you talked about, you know, this little tapping and this nagging that, that came up in you. And I'm like, you know, well, that didn't start with me until you started talking. I was like, now it's, now it's tapping on me, you know, to, to, <laughs> to speak as well. So, you know, Oh, I, uh, my, my smart ass answer would, would be this. I mean, how many, how, how many, how many sexual encounters take place for procreation? Like, you know, probably less than like 1%, you know, is that the only time two people that are in love with each other ever get together, you know, so we can procreate, honey, it's time to procreate, you know, (laughs) it's not, this is not, you know, the, the, the handmaid's tale, you know, I mean, so it's, you know, it's, it's a totally, you know, so, it. you know, procreation, sure, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a, doctor or reproductive specialist i i you know i'm sure through science they can do all kinds of cool stuff these days but last time i checked you needed you know a, a, a male sperm and a, and a female egg to to fertilize to make a, a, another human so i don't know again there might be other options now I, I don't know that so my point i guess is for procreation sure you know men and women uh have to have to get to, to be fruitful and multiply yeah but to show intimacy and affection and love and and care and, and just. Uh, I don't know. Just enjoying the the relationship with another human being um, has very little to do with procreation. Oh, although uh, this just came up. Maybe maybe it's procreating. Um, um, just an expression of of love, you know. And maybe it's uh, maybe it's creating something new there that can be shared and spread and that might grow into something beautiful as well. So uh, I like how that just came out too. Yeah.
0: I actually really appreciate that because. It is true. I understand that the idea around it, right? It's not that. It's not. It's weird. It's like it's not that I look at people who have these beliefs and it. It doesn't really anger me. I, I'm open to having converse, the conversation with people who are like it is wrong to be gay. I was there, like I was that person. You know, mm-hmm. I felt that way on the inside, knowing myself, right, and um, being like, well, that's sin. And it's just like, you're, you want to lie, right? Like for me, it was like, well, your tendency to want to tell a lie when you're trying to you know, protect yourself is sin and your tendency to be attracted to female, it's also a sin. Like that's how I dealt with it inside of myself, right? And so it's not that I look at people and I'm like, man, you're horrible. Or I'm so angry with you that you can't just understand that it's not a sin. I think it's probably because I've struggled with it and wrestled with it so much inside of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's finding these and having these conversations like with people like you, where um, you kind of break out of the box that you're kind of talking about, like that maybe your dad lived in, right? There was like, there's a box and like it's black and white, right? It's this or it's that. There's no room for anything outside of that. Um, where it's like, yeah, sure. Like God designed like the male and the female body to be able to procreate, but is that the benchmark or for love or like for what relationship? Is it just this one thing? And I guess the conversation always goes back to Adam and Eve. I mean, literally people have looked me in the eyes and been like, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve.
1: (laughs) And I'm like,
0: heard that before. Right. (laughs) And yeah, and so it's like, okay, cool, right? But we have, I guess this is kind of going into like a conversation about the Bible a little bit because I love, I love the Bible and I, I appreciate it. Um, but is that one um, poem about how God created the earth, um, is it the rule book? for all humanity and life on earth forever, right? Is it supposed to be a beautiful poem about how God created the earth or is it just actually a set of rules, right? And I feel like that's how I had viewed the Bible my whole life on all on all fronts, not just on sexuality, but just in general. I was like, the Bible wasn't this beautiful love story, no matter how many times people from the pulpit was like, the Bible is God's love letter to you. But also like, (laughs) listen to everything that it says, or you're going to hell, right? Like every do everything right, or you're gonna burn forever. Um, But it's a love story. And like, it's just like, basically, the same thing as saying um, that Christianity is supposed to be about relationship and not religion, but then they just preach religion right? It's like, when are we going to talk about the relationship then, you know? Um, But now as I read the Bible, and this has come from the last four years of just deconstructing and but love being in love with Jesus, right? And um, almost just like, like hanging out with Jesus for the last four years. It's, it has become when I read it, it's like, I read it differently. I just, it does not feel like the same book to me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this isn't a rule book right? Like, this is a beautiful poem. Like, what are we talking about, right? Like, this is a rule. These are not rules. This is not about right and wrong. This is not about black and white. Like, that's not what this is. And of course, like, I'm not um, a theologian. I know, uh, you know, very little about the Bible. I just know my experience of it. I know my experience of it growing up, and I know it's my experience of it over the last four years. And um, I also know that, like, if I resemble anyone at all in the Bible, it's Thomas. I am a doubter, but what I also like, it's like, I'm a doubter of my beliefs. I'm not just a doubter of Jesus. I'm not just a doubter of faith. I'm, I doubt myself. I doubt my own ability to interpret scripture. I doubt my own ability to hear the voice of God and be led in the right direction. Um, I doubt my own choices. I doubt, I doubt all of it. Right. And, um, it's probably like, like a really one of the really messed up reasons I started a podcast you know it's like to be to be completely honest like weird I'm just word vomiting to you like I have a personality disorder that causes me to need to look to other people to tell me that I'm okay and that I'm doing things right so that I don't have to rely on myself like I had a therapist look at me and be like that's a personality disorder honey it's from trauma and I was like (laughs) right I'm like wait a second it's chemically wrong in my brain she's like yeah because your whole life you just looked to everything right you were just born and raised in this place and it doesn't affect everyone this way but it did me right and so I was born and raised in this environment where I wasn't allowed to make my own choices and when I did it was wrong right so here I am going against the grain just like cool I'm gonna be gay and like raise two kids by myself and like definitely gonna start a podcast because someone freaking helped me Like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm like, someone tell me what's true. Um, and that's okay. Cause like the, it's the, the beautiful exploration of it is that what I'm learning, um, no one really, really knows. Like no one knows a hundred percent anything, but we all have experiences that have brought us to certain places in our lives and we've gained wisdom from and like just like I was saying earlier in our conversation, talking to you, the most validating thing that you have given me is something that you didn't even know you were giving, giving me, or that you could even try to. And it's that what I was saying that your voice and the things that you say match the voice of God in my life. I mean, to the like dreams Mm -hmm. that I've had. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like conversations where I'm like praying and I'm the one weeping and reading the Bible. And I get like that, that, you know, an answer to prayer that I just have like a knowing or feels like something has been answered. And then you'll say something and I'm like, holy shit. He literally verbatim said, right. Or that's exactly what I experienced. And, um, and so I'm, I, I guess like in all of this in faith and in sexuality and how all of it's combined, I am very much in the midst of my journey.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's not, not like a
1: place to be. <clears throat> yeah.
0: And it it scared the hell out of me for so long. And I'm just like I said earlier, it was I was still a little bit scared, you know, like we're gonna stop recording this eventually and You know, everyone who's listening, y'all are all going to (laughs) know, you know, this part (laughs) of myself that I haven't shared and I'm afraid of the judgment and I'm afraid of the conversations and I'm afraid that I'm not going to have the right answers or that I'm going to be challenged and I'm not going to know what to say. But what I love about it is that like, if I'm completely honest right now in my life, I feel like I don't need to know what to say. Mm. Like I, I don't need the right answer. I don't need the right Bible verse. I I go back and forth with myself on this, but there's a piece in kind of what you're talking about. Um, The love that is open and the love that is tender and the love that is patient and the love that is kind is the love that looks like Jesus. And there's no fear in love. And, And I guess that, yeah, I'm sitting with what, like the question that keeps coming back to me when I'm talking to God about it is, um, is it patient? Is it kind? Does mm. it hold a record of your wrongs? Right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's so patient. It's kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks just like you. And, you know, letting that be okay. Mm. Right? And, mm. go, and go, I want to point out to you what you're saying about sin in general. It's the scariest thing the whole world is scared of it, not just Christians. And it's the whole world is scared of sin. It's like, we all build up constructs and belief systems of right and wrong, whether it's driven by faith or it's driven by whatever morals or family systems or culture, right? Everyone has, you know, some sort of rule book for their lives because we're afraid of being bad people or afraid, afraid of messing up and messing up our lives. Um, but how you talk about sin that and what, it makes me wonder what would change if we shifted our focus from being good people or not being bad people to loving our own souls and our own selves and seeing other people as suffering souls just like us or souls on a journey, not even like broken, mm-hmm. but just like we're all just moving toward and doing the best that we can with what we have um isn't that
1: okay isn't should isn't be that
0: okay? <laughs> yeah well,
1: I mean it sounds like a wow what a novel concept you know I think Jesus was like uh, hello you know try, tried to preach that along for about you know 30 years while I was all right. here too and uh it's, yeah I, I appreciate something so much that you said Mackenzie uh first of all uh super high compliment to God not to me but if there's anything at all that comes out of my mouth or any kind of expression I make to you that that looks like Jesus that is all Jesus okay and because you know the dude that flipped me off on 281 on the way here to this (laughs) podcast you know did did not think I was acting like Jesus so um so I I appreciate you, you you saying that um I also I also know this you know um, those that are, and I, and I know i have got my own, my own crosses to bear too, but those that are real hard and fast about, you know, right, wrong sin, you know, putting other people down and kind of just being, you know, projecting all of that on other people. Um, it, it's a much easier, it's a much easier faith to have when you say, tell me the rule and I'll follow it. And by the way, um, if, and, and then tell me, tell me what's right and I'll do it. Tell me what's wrong and I'll try to stop it at least publicly, I'll do it behind everybody's back, but I'll, at least I'll, I'll, I'll show myself to be pretty good out front, you know? So, but that's easy. I mean, that, that's really convenient. And then the other way to say, and by the way, if I can't look as good in front of God as I want to, I'll make everybody else look bad. Okay. So I'm going to project all of this stuff on everybody else. So God can say, so I can at least say, hey, at least I'm above all these losers. You know, I mean, that that's just a really convenient way to uh, to, make, to try to make myself look good in front of God. And that's not at all what it's about. And I had this image. kids <laughs> have never had this in my life. But it just came to me, so I'll share it. Um, you know, faith. No, I'm sorry. not faith. Religion and dogma and right, wrong, you know, this is the way it is. And if you don't do this, you're going to burn in hell is very similar to those awful, tragic terrorist videos that are sent from from other other places that show these hostages holding up a sign saying I'm okay, they're treating me well and don't worry about me because if they don't say it they're gonna the, the consequences are awful. So in our in our religious mindset is if I don't say this, God will put me in hell or if I don't if I don't believe this way, I'm going to suffer so therefore I'm holding up my sign. This is wrong. And this. And here's what's, what's also interesting that I have learned about myself and other people, too. One of my gurus told me one time, you know, that the, 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 the faith journey or the spiritual progression is like, you know, infantile faith and then affiliation faith searching faith and then oneness or intimacy and infantile is i believe what i believe because grandma told me that's what it was okay that's infantile but affiliation is where like 99.9 percent of the population lands and stays because you affiliate with one another you believe like one another and it's a very safe place right and you're like yeah yeah we believe this right yeah this one, yeah we hate we hate this yeah that's wrong right yeah that's wrong wrong and you get them all together nobody's ever going to speak against the crowd you can ever call one of them off like a cutting horse will cut a calf away from the herd. You can never get one of them by themselves to think on their own. You'd be amazed what people have to say. But you get them around the group, they're not going to, it's like a mob psychology almost. And so very few people go into searching uh, kind of what we're talking about here in this journey that we're on, uh, kind of say, what is my faith really? What was Jesus really about? You know, what what was his love really? What was his nature? What was his essence? And when I dive into that, I have found that all of a sudden I have the mind of Christ, the eyes of Christ, the ears of Christ more. So I'm still a human. I'm still dumbass John most of the time. But, but my, my point is I begin to see others the way Jesus sees them. I begin to see others the way God wants me to see them. And God begins to say, "Let use my eyes and let me show you what I see. And so, you know, when you were talking earlier about, you know, those that, that throw stones and throw rocks at others and call everybody sinners and, and all that. I, I would love to be able to have the mind of Christ and the eyes of Christ to be able to look at them while they're throwing rocks and almost like father forgive them they know not what they're doing. You know, that's the, that's the mind of Christ. And, uh, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm not there yet, but I long to get there. And it's, um, I don't know there's 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 something, there's something in there about people that are angry and mad angry christian people mad religious people there's something wrong with that yeah you know there's something yeah. wrong with that that is not that is not the jesus that i know and one of the thing i want to tell you that you really brought up something so cool is you talked about being doubting thomas you know and, and being like thomas you remember what what jesus told thomas he goes thomas hey man it is me put your hand in my side touch me you know, feel my hand, feel the wounds, touch, put your hand in there. So those of us that, that dare to step out of the box, if you will, and say, I want to know this faith for my own. I'm not throwing Jesus away. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I want to get to know this real Jesus. Um, that means we're touching him. We're putting our hands in his wounds. We're putting his, our hands in his, in his hands and saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm touching you. And when we touch him, that's a totally different experience than just believing any and uh, and believing some words on a page. Much different.
0: I'll never forget. It's re- it's bringing me back to um, and like I don't know what this cool lighting thing happened. Can you see that yeah, on the, the screen? Yeah,
1: divine orb going on or something. It's awesome. Like that. We're
0: just gonna let it be. So rock and roll. Um, but yeah, I uh, it brings me back to. I think it was our second conversation. Why I ended up talking to you initially about all of this stuff. Um, you brought up the ver- a verse in the Bible that has stuck with me as guilt and shame my whole life. Hmm. Um, and it's that the narrow. It's about the narrow path and how not many people find it. Hmm. I always read it this way and was it was preached to me this way that the narrow path was actually living the way that the bible teaches you to live or living the way that the church teaches you to live um that it was hard it was going to be a very hard life trying to be holy right Mm -hmm. um and trying to not mess up and make mistakes and and to not sin it was all about sin for me it was like man it's a narrow path it's a narrow path like don't deviate from the path, right? But the more you try not to, and you're just a human being, the more you hide yourself and your sin because it's impossible not to self-sabotage or try to destruct your life at certain points, right? Like that is life, like that is life. You are going to do all of those things. You know, you're gonna, you know, lie and cheat and do all whatever, you know? And as we're figuring it out, and so the more you're like, it's a narrow path, it's a narrow path, you, you hide and you're hiding from yourself and you're hiding from God, which is exactly what God is talking about in Genesis with Adam and Eve, right? Like they ate the fruit off the tree that he's like, if you eat that tree, it's going to poison you. Right. And like they eat it and then they realize that they were naked and then they hid from God and God comes and finds them and is like, Hey, I love you. And another conversation I had actually with Brad Jersack, he brought this up and he was saying, and then when they left the garden, God went with them. Mm -hmm. Like we are constantly running and hiding because of fear and shame, but God is constantly with open arms, loving us regardless, right? It's exactly what you're talking about. Just unbelievably concerned with his relationship with, with God. God is concerned with God's relationship with us, right? And um And you brought up the narrow path as being something different. And I'd love it if you would just share quickly what your take is on that narrow path.
1: Yeah, I I remember um, um, kind of diving into it. And this is something that I've enjoyed doing. I'll make this quick. But you you said it when you first started this whole podcast about... You know really reading scripture differently now and seeing it differently and i believe that the authentic jesus is down underneath the old smelly pew cushions of the church you know somewhere down in there and beneath the uh the sticky pages you know and the stinky smelly pages of the old of the old scriptures i believe the real jesus is in there and and so i like to dig underneath it and i like to see what's underneath there and you know when it says you know that this this narrow gate the narrow way and whatnot the i'm not a scholar by any means but but the greek um translation of that or the greek meaning of that it's a it's a it's a pressing way it means like it's like a bottleneck it it goes from a wide way to a narrow way so those who dare to go down into that it presses us like a wine press or great press or or something so it's a pressing way not oppressing but it's a pressing way it means it presses us for our good and squeezes things out of us and exposes things and it's kind of messy you know it's kind of uh, kind of kind of breaks us down a little bit but you know what it's doing it's making some pretty fine wine on the other side you know so wow. it's uh it's uh it's, it's a re- and no wonder a uh, few ever find it's not an, it's not a gated community it's not you know if you ever find <laughs> it it's only a select you know it's none of that <laughs> nonsense it's few it's it's jesus was like yeah i'm kind of bummed out man you know few are ever gonna have the guts to go down it you know uh this is where i am and i'd love to have you join me on this journey um but but few are ever gonna ever gonna find it you know so that's that's what i that's what i learned that it is
0: yeah and that's what stuck with me and why i brought it up is because you were talking them I in mean, your beautiful imagery which just like hit me like a ton of bricks we have to just say it again of being like with a sign like this is great they treat me really well here because you're afraid that if you don't say that when I mean, you're being held hostage if you don't say that they're going to kill you right that is how we tend to feel in that groupthink scenario of religion of religiosity where it's like this is what's preached it's what's believed and no one wants to burn in hell forever of course not who would want that right so we're going to be abused i mean we will let ourselves abuse i mean a lot of my religious abuse came from myself right and my own beliefs and my own abuse of myself and self-sabotage and not allowing myself to actually be in relationship because i was hiding so much sin or what i believed to be sin that it kept me from god that's what it means like sin is what separates us from god it's like that's i was separating myself from relationship with god by believing that every move I made was sin in my life. Like that, I, that really felt true for me. You know, it was like, I couldn't think a bad thought without being like, oh my gosh, I'm unholy. I don't actually, I must not love you enough. Right. And just like you were saying, I, you know, I don't even know that I chose this path. I must feel like this path chose me, but, um, and thank God for that. Cause I, th- I'm thankful, right. It's And it has been hard. It is hard. I feel like I'm constantly in this place of, of like searching and questioning and wondering, but I'm thankful to be here. And, um, I don't know, part of that has been what you were saying that you feel more like Jesus. You see more like Jesus. You hear more like Jesus. You love people more like Jesus. Well, for me, it is that outwardly, but my grace and the, the compassion and the space that I'm able to hold for my own humanity and my own self has increased exponentially. And the experience of tenderness in my relationship with spirit, right? My relationship with the Holy spirit, it surpasses anything I've ever experienced in my life
1: Mm.
0: of following Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. As I have held space for my darkness or my ugliness or the The things about me that I try to get away from and run from because they make me a human being and I'm trying to be like God, um, which is what I was taught my whole life, right? You throw away your old self, you know, and you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And all of that was me just trying not to be a sinner. And now it's like, the more I embrace that and sit with it and let it exist, the more tenderness and love like spills into those places and like fills the freaking cracks. And then Mm. I'm just like, I don't actually have to hate myself. Mm. I do not have to want to die or feel like I'm unworthy or feel like I'm not a good mom or a good friend or a good daughter. Like I really can just exist and hold space for my imperfection and let God love me. And it's bridged the gap, Mm. the gap that I had created for myself, right? labeled sin my whole
1: life I love the way you're talking about that love it
0: yeah and so um yeah it's it it makes perfect sense to me though that the narrow path would be hard to find because there's not a lot of people encouraging you to find it (laughs) there's a lot of people encouraging you to never go down that slippery slope to freedom and relationship with God but it's true you know I don't mean to be sarcastic I really don't but um but I what I do want is that as I'm exploring this path um with you and with others on this podcast I would like for it to be a voice in the wilderness right like just a select few being like hey it's okay like you are loved that's what you've been for me. Clearly I'm like crying, getting emotional now, but that's what you've been for me. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: um, that encouraging voice, it's like, you are not lost. Honestly, we can't be lost when you're seeking, when you're seeking truth and you're seeking God. I've been, I've spent the majority of my life being so afraid of the the quote unquote devil, right. That (laughs) second I trusted God enough with my life that the devil would come in and snatch me right away. Right. Why did I spend my whole life trusting the power of evil that I believe some evil force was more powerful than the power of of like a loving God, right. Who created me and is Mm. the actual breath in my lungs. And so this journey for me has been the transition to trusting God more that trusting that I can seek and fall into the arms of a loving God than to just try to resist my humanity as much as possible because I'm so afraid of being taken by something evil, right, or being destroyed or sent to hell. And as I've done that, the embrace has been there for me. The Mm -hmm. loving God and, and the expression of that in other humans like you has been there to catch me. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. It's not has nothing to do with mistakes being made. It's everything to do with like I just trust that I can, I can seek and find. I really can. It's really gonna be okay.
1: And you just um, brought up something so cool. Uh, don't lose your place. Uh, this is just yeah. I gotta get this out. Um you said something about being being lost and but I think in seeking and finding, what I, what I find really interesting, it just came together. So thank you so much for this. But being in the wilderness is not necessarily a bad place. You know, it means I'm on the way to, to something else. And, and being lost means that I know where I think I want to be. But I'm only lost if I'm not with God. And if I'm not in the presence of God and God's like, hey, I'm always here, but you're the one that doesn't pay attention to me. I'm never going to leave you. I never have, never will. Uh, I'm here even when you don't think I am. And I'm here when you wished I wasn't. Okay. But, I, but I'm uh-huh. here always. And what I think is interesting is if I'm with God and I'm in the intimacy with God, I'm never lost. Because, and I don't even, it doesn't even matter where we're going. You know, it's like, you know, I'm lost because I'm not at the place I'm supposed to be. God's like, you're with me. And that's all that matters and we you're with me and we're in the wilderness i mean that's a pretty good place to be you know everybody wants to go to the promised land i'm like maybe the promised land is just being with god you know and uh, and walking through and the other thing i was going to mention too you started talking about the darkness and stuff you talk about an evil trap i mean people don't say well that's that's sin and that's whatever I, i think the devil's just got this just got his thumb on us saying this is perfect i mean y'all think you're doing what god wants you to do and you're not doing anything but pissing everybody off and creating division and anger this is perfect i mean i think the screw tape letters uh, talked a lot about that you know i got you right where i want you please don't please don't change because you think you're doing it right and uh, i think if we quit feeding the enemy you know with with nonsense i think the enemy would leave us and uh, and leave us alone but we just give it too much food to to feed off of um, and so I think uh, I think maybe there's something to look at there, but those inner desires, inner thoughts that we have, inner fears that we have, that the enemy's just having a field day with. So anyway, had to get that in. Sorry.
0: Thank you for getting that in. And you've said something similar to that to me before, and it really stuck with me. And I was like, man, like even to like to this day, I'll be on social media like TikTok specifically. And there's lots of people who are starting to speak out uh, uh, even around like this topic of homosexuality and being like, I'm a Christian person and like also this, right? And in the comments, like if you go and I don't do a lot of comment reading, but I'll have people who send me like screenshots of comments and it's like, you know, the most hateful disgust from the church toward these people, right? Mm. I mean, it's Mm. just spitting fire, At them and tearing them apart, you know. Um, and it just it's exact it's exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, well, how does that look like Jesus at all? It's not. It's the it's the it's the creating of the division and it's the making, it's having zero acceptance or openness or loving arms toward anyone who believes differently from you and claims to believe in the same God that you believe in, and then attacking them, right? I mean, outright attacking them and shaming them out, out in the open, let alone in your heart. But that is the enemy and it's, that's what defeat is, right? You're being deceived, thinking that you're living a certain way or that there, there's a certain way to be and that you're doing it the right way and that anything outside of that needs to be condemned. But I've never seen Jesus be that or preach that, right? Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's you never been that to woman. me.
1: Think about the woman caught in adultery. I mean, that beautiful little story there. You know, it's it's this poor poor woman, and these 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 religious nuts come out and they want to stone her. And they said, "Well, it says in the word, you know, that anybody that does this deserves this." And he draws his finger in the sand, and then what does he say? You know, you know, he who has no sin, you know, can cast the first stone. They all drop their stones and they left. And he told the girl, "Hey, go and you know, and go in peace and, and send them more or whatever." I don't think there has much to do with sin there at all. I, th- I think it's a poor suffering girl. You know, what? <laughs> talking about digging beneath the scriptures, Mackenzie. This is a little bit of a stretch, but I got this one night during prayer. I think Jesus was really saying, whichever one of you people haven't slept with her, you can throw the first stone. But every one of you have slept with her. Yeah. You know, you're going you're gonna to tell her that she's the guilty one. All five of you, or however many you are, are married and every one of you has done something. So whoever hasn't slept with her, you can throw the stone. They're like, well, well, not going to work. And so I think they, I don't know, it's possible, possible, you know, and then I turned to that girl and said, Hey girl, you know, you got, you got more to live for. There's something inside of you. I know what you're doing. You're a victim. I know what you're doing. Hey, go and go and live your life. Uh, Anyway, my, my point is, you know, looking at sin and wanting to other people to pay for their sins and casting stones and throwing stones. No, man, no, Jesus is much deeper than that. And, and it, it, I got one other thing to tell you, uh, just, just super quick. Everybody wants a quick answer. What's the law? What's the rule? Tell me so I can do it or not do it, right? Everybody, it's easy. We talked about that. Jesus never answered a question straight up. <laughs> never, you know, so true. Jesus, should we go this way or that way? Well, it's kind of like a farmer. You know, and he's like, what in the hell is he talking about? You know, he never answered that question straight. He spoke in parable because he wants us to seek and search and think and contemplate and ponder and wrestle with it. He he wants this stuff is gray. And that's what the spiritual journey is about. It's not a bunch of words on a page. It's about knowing that Jesus of the words on the page, not the words on the page. So I'll be quiet now. I
0: appreciate it so much. So when I, when I first started deconstructing, and this is, this came to my mind, and I think this will be close to our closing here. Um, but when you were just speaking, God reminded me of what he told me when I first went on this journey, when I was first, like, what the heck have I been, been in for so long? And what are you really, I'll never forget it. I was sitting at a burger joint in San Antonio, Texas, like just eating my burger, right? And I was like, are you even real? Like, is this even real? Like, what is this? And very clearly, I know this is kind of how I explain the voice of God in my life. It's like my train of thought, like visually is a train going this way, right? It's just going straight. And I'll be thinking something. And then the thought that is God's voice typically comes and intersects, right? It's like the train that's going um, and intersects my train of thought it's completely separate right it's like a Mm. totally different thing and um bit clear and like so like crystal clear in my mind um it was like the voice of jesus said it's not less baby it's more Mm. and i was like i've been pondering on that for four years it's been it's come up you know things will happen and i'm like this is what you mean it's not less it's more it's not that and it's like it's that it goes back to the box scenario of being like everything's a box we have to put everything into a box where right? it makes sense and we have rules and we know exactly what we're supposed to do and this journey of the last four years has been god inviting me into the mystery of god and god and and god in, in me and um what if it wasn't a box at all? What if there were no boxes allowed, right? Like what if it was just universes inside universes inside universes? Can you be okay knowing me and not knowing a lot? Mm. Can you be okay that the entire existence of you and your physical body and your soul that lives on is going to be the continuous exploration of the universes inside the universes? Is that okay? And at some point I was just like, yeah, man, because the boxes haven't been working very well for me. And they're not <laughs> working very well for everyone else either. Right. So might as well just surrender to the mystery, you know? And um and just let it and just and be okay there. Be okay <clears throat> in the mystery.
1: That is so awesome. So, yeah. This this is totally corny. I know this, but I just came up with this, so I'm just gonna spew it out yeah. you can edit it if you want to. But you know when we, when we bring our boxes into society, it just creates a boxing match. I mean, it's all we do is just, you know, and, 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 and it's just, where's the trust in God. If God, if God did what you said, Mackenzie, you know, Hey, if you just trust me, let me live inside of you and let me be one with you. And then let's just go see the universe as I created it. People just go, Oh my, that's scary. You know, cause there's no, there's no, I don't see the floor. I don't see the walls. I don't see anything to hold on to. It's just scary. And God's like, I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha, you, kiddo. I'm, I'm right here. I created you. I know you better than you know yourself and you can trust me. And, uh, oh, that's, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. So thank you for giving me that image.
0: Thank you for yours. Yeah. It used to, what used to be, the mystery used to be, um, like hold, held a lot of fear for me. Right um it feels like freedom more and more each day now you know so i didn't um prep you for this but it's kind of part of the plan just go with it right? <laughs> <trust> um <laughs> okay um so before we go first of all thank you so much for this conversation john
1: thank you thank you I for your friendship me.
0: yeah um but before we go I'm going to ask everyone this, when you hear the phrase and you can answer, you can take your time to answer, but I'm going to give you a phrase and then you're going to just share with me a word or whatever it brings up inside of you, whatever it means for you. So when I say, keep looking up, what does that bring up inside of you? Hope.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hope.
0: So here's to hope into the narrow path and to being hopefully a voice in the wilderness saying it's okay and you are loved. Thank you for loving me and for being here today.
1: And thank you so much. And it's a joy being in the wilderness with you.
0: Same. I'll talk to you soon, my friend.
1: Same to you. Take care. Thanks again.
0: Thank you.